This is Here Here, a music appreciation podcast for kids from WSKG. I'm Bill Snyder. And I'm Haley Smith. On this episode, we'll learn about sound waves and we'll meet the many people behind a one woman show. A one woman or one man show is a production that only has one actor on stage. They perform by themselves. But there are people not seen on stage that are necessary to the success of the show. There are the people who run the lights, the people who build sets, make costumes. There's the director and lots of other supporting roles that work behind the scenes. Today, Bill takes us to the theater for a one-woman show. Maybe you play a musical instrument or sing in a chorus. Imagine writing your own music and then performing it. We visited Chapel Hall in Franklin, New York, where the Franklin Stage Company was getting ready to present a performance by Annie Lewandowski. She is a composer and singer who was inspired to write songs based on episodes from ancient Greek tragedies. It's a hot summer day, but with a nice breeze. The doors to the theater are closed and the windows covered to darken the theater. Annie is dressed in a white gown with long flowing sleeves. She walks across the stage and spreads her arms as a picture of two children is projected onto the fabric. Even though she's the only one on stage, she has lots of support. Her director, Sam Bagellan, follows her movements in front of the stage. Sarah, the percussionist, sits to the side of the theater with a bottle of water. In the booth at the back of the theater, a lighting technician focuses the projector and a sound technician balances the music with her voice. Annie started performing music when she was seven or eight in the Minnesota church where her mother was the organist. Being a kid performing in front of people for the first time was scary. Yeah, it was terrifying. (laughs) It was really scary, but it's also really thrilling because I think there's this sort of as a performer and and hopefully as an audience member, you feel a special kind of heightening of the moment. So I I persevered even though I was very nervous. I would get so nervous that sometimes it would be hard to sleep before performances and I would wonder why I was doing it. But then the thrill of actually being on stage and, and feeling some confidence in what I was presenting was exciting and rewarding. It wasn't until years later that she started writing her own music and discovered new ways of using the piano. You could make a lot of cool sounds if you played inside the piano. So I had been playing on the keys of the piano, but if you open up like a grand piano, you can kind of see it all laid out and you can get new uh, timbres or different qualities of the sound. If you play the strings of the piano, if you put objects inside the piano. Putting objects in a piano? Yes but she says you have to be careful. This is important because I know that some of you may have pianos at home and there's damage you can do to pianos. <laughs> if you can weave kind of paper through the piano strings, you hear right away that there's a change in the tone. If you press a cloth on a piano string, if you find the different harmonics, these different kind of nodes on a string, you get different um, overtones that sound out of the string, but also there's this sort of new kind of thumping quality of the string. And I found that really exciting because suddenly you can make a piano into a whole kind of orchestra. Knowing how to play the piano and getting the right inspiration to write music was important to Annie in writing the music for this performance. I only make music when I feel called, like when I was reading Euripides, um, 
which was the, were the writings that inspired this piece, I really felt a strong feeling inside that I should make songs about it. So I trust that feeling, and then I think there's something there to share. Um, but I'm not someone who sits down every day to kind of see what might come up. I kind of wait, and there's like a, a really strong feeling I get when I when I feel like I want to make something, and then I trust that feeling, and then and then share it. She called the collection of songs Bitter Banquet and shared them by performing them several times. But then she met someone who helped her put them into dramatic form. I'm Sam Bagellan, and I am the director of Bitter Banquet, which is Annie's song cycle. She came to me. I had a new theater company with a group of people I was working with, and she said that she wanted to make um, the songs more into a theatrical experience. To create that theatrical experience, Sam worked with people from his theater company and brought in musicians. Let's see, there have been maybe five or six different instrumentalists who have worked on the show in one way or another. We worked with a wonderful video maker named Benji Brook, and so really the theatrical elements of the piece are predominantly Annie in a white dress with video projecting on her and around her. As director, Sam worked with the video artist, figuring out what each song should look and feel like. And then the second thing was that Annie and I worked on her movement. So each of the songs has a sort of choreography to respond to movement in the video. There were lots of people working around the theater, putting tape on the floor, moving percussion instruments, and focusing the lights. And the lighting is very important in helping the audience understand if a character is sad or lonely or scared or angry. Those are, in fact, the kinds of emotions that this piece produces because all of the plays are tragedies. It's a sort of sad feeling piece. Most of the lights are to the side of Annie in this case, and so that means there are long shadows on her face. So there's a kind of painterly quality to it. And then, of course, because this piece is multimedia and that it has video, the lights have to very carefully interact with the video that's projected on her, which is also a kind of light. And those are the pictures projected on Annie's robe and around her. To get the video projection to work, Sam also works with people on the technical side of things. We're looking at one of the technical directors of the theater. Um, He's got a ladder set up over the rows of chairs, and he's bolting a video projector in the middle of the room, pointing at the stage over the heads of the audience, because that's kind of exactly where it needs to be for the picture to be exactly the right size for the show to work. Sam says he didn't always want to be a director. He came to it almost by accident. Like many people who wound up directing, I did start out performing when I was very young, and I felt uh, very uh, familiar when Annie said, oh, her first times performing were very, very scary and nerve-wracking, and I certainly shared that experience, and for me it was basically not worth it. (laughs) I was not a good enough performer, and it was made too nervous. But he discovered that he could hear a song or read something and picture how it should look on stage. And I had started directing a little bit, and by the time I got to college, I was like, oh, I'm praised when I direct things, <laughs> and, and I'm not a terribly good actor, so why don't I stick with this? <laughs> Sam and Annie both started out when they were very young, and now, in presenting Bitter Banquet, they're working with the next generation. 
My name is Dimitri Jeremak. I am 17 years old. I go to Franklin Central School, and I am an intern at the Franklin Stage Company. Dimitri started acting when he was in third grade. And it was like, I didn't even want to do it. <laughs> I didn't want to do that play. My mom was like, you're doing drama because I did drama in high school too. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then I did it, and I was like, this is so fun. And I came out, and I told my mom, I was like, I want to be an actor when I grow up. I've done a bunch of other shows since then, like not just school. I do community theater as well. Um, I don't know if you know the West Corridor Center, but they have a Shakespeare program that I do every year. Now he's helping at the Franklin Stage Company. He took us through the basement where he does a lot of his work. I sweep up before the show, mop the stage, things like that if we need new set pieces. Rework our, our previous tools and organize things. I organized our sound booth last year. He also gets to work with professional actors from New York and beyond and learn about their experiences. That and the sense of community are what Dimitri likes best about working in theater. There are people in the community as, with, with theater that you're going to meet and they're going to support you and they're going to care for you like nobody else will. You know, that's, that's your real friends or, or people who are passionate about the same things that you're, you're passionate about. For Annie, the main performer, it's a little bit different. Although she loves the community that music and theater creates, she really likes the creative process best. I think the creative impulse is, for me, like a really life-giving impulse. And when you feel like you want to make something, I mean, you're putting into the world something really positive. I think that that can only lead to good things. But when the job of writing the music is finished and it's time to put it in front of an audience, Annie likes that, too. I think it's really different kinds of fun. Lately, I've just felt so much the joy in collaboration uh, with Sarah and with Sam and with the people here. I, I like working with people a lot, and so I, I enjoy what we can make together. Now Annie and Sam are working on a touring version of Bitter Banquet that she hopes to take to New York City and then to France. Annie who we just met, mentioned the different sounds one can make by putting objects into a piano. But did you know that when something sounds different, it also looks different? We're talking about sound waves. Here, let us try to explain. First, put your hand on your throat, and now we'll all sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. You ready? Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. What do you feel? It's vibrating. We're making sound waves by singing. You feel their vibration. They leave my throat, travel through the air, and into your eardrums. And this is how we hear music. Haley, tell us what a sound wave looks like. Well, they kind of look like a squiggly line. If you draw it in the air with your finger, start with your finger out in front of you, go down to the right diagonally, then back up to the right diagonally, then back down diagonally. Keep it going. See it? That's kind of what a sound wave looks like. If you need help visualizing the wave, we have provided some examples at our website. You can change how wide or skinny a sound wave is by changing the sound you make. So, when I sing really low, what does it do to the wave? A low pitch comes from a longer, wider sound wave. So when I sing, la 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 la, that means the sound waves are closer together. When the pitch is high, the sound waves are skinnier and vibrate very quickly.
each episode, we like to feature a young musician. And today, well, it's a whole orchestra. And they play instruments made from garbage. The recycled orchestra is from Catiera. It's a poor neighborhood in Paraguay where about 3 million pounds of trash get dumped in a single day. Many families in the neighborhood pick through the trash looking for anything worth selling. Often parents take their kids out of school to help pick over the trash. The kids at the recycled orchestra use the garbage to create instruments, like saxophones made from drain pipes. They've toured the world, and they're the focus of the documentary Land Philharmonic. Thanks for being with us for Here, Here, a one-woman show was produced by me and edited by Monica Sandreski. Additional support came from Nancy Coddington. Sarah Gager is our executive producer. If you're part of a play, would you rather perform or work behind the scenes? Call and tell us. Our phone number is 607-729-0100, extension 345. Or connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at WSKG. Next week's episode is all about jazz singing. I'm Bill Snyder. And I'm Haley Smith. Join us next time for Hear, Hear.